0: community content from Concentrate. You're Up and Adam with Adam Montiel. Some say life is where it begins, straight to the stars is where it ends. Yeah, some say life is just
1: where it begins, straight to the stars is where it
0: ends, only to start again. Hey now, Thursday, what's up? Adam Montiel, thanks so much for being up and Adam. A lot of great feedback on our conversation with Chris Lambert of the Your Own Backyard Podcast. We'll continue today, but a less heavier chat. We're going to talk about his music. And first, we're going to talk about how the music was really threaded into the podcast. A lot of folks don't even know that he scored the entire podcast himself. And scoring is like when you're watching something dramatic and you hear, like you're watching that Law & Order episode, or or that scary part, or that triumphant part, or that sweet part of the movie, or shoot, even like an episode of Full House, when Danny Tanner would like sit down with the girls and that music would come in. That's scoring. It accentuates the emotion of what you're taking in. And when you don't know its effect, it's even more effective. So being Chris Lambert is a musician, he scored, the entire podcast. He actually talks about how you can go to his Bandcamp page, Chris Lambert Music at Bandcamp, and literally listen to the music. Just the music. It's fascinating. Check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. So this soundtrack is called People vs. Flores. Here is like track, say, I'm just going to pick a random one, track 14, titled Your Honor, I Have a Motion. (laughs) This was all in the podcast. Here's another one called Sleepless in Salinas. Another one called Closing Arguments. So you get the idea. A tremendously talented musician. He was doing music as his career before he jumped in in 2019 to start the podcast, and now he's going back to his music. So not only will we talk about Chris and his music now, but also how his music played a huge role you might not even know in the Your Own Backyard podcast as well. So, Chris Lambert, after our lo-fi headlines, thanks to our friends at the General Store Paso, offering local goods, hand-picked gifts, a curated cookbook selection, and all the best for your pantry and your home. The team at the General Store can help you pull together just about any kind of gift or a special thank you you can think of. For your sweetheart, for someone you barely know, someone who's hard to buy for, they got you. Helping people connect with dozens of local makers. It is their jam. Celebrating 10 years on the park, downtown Paso. Open daily, 11 to 6, 10 to 6 on the weekends. We'll even be talking to Jolie tomorrow. I'm excited. Check him out on Insta, at General Store Paso. Up in Adams, Lo-Fi Headlines. Lo-Fi Headlines. Johnson & Johnson agrees to pay $700 million to settle that baby powder probe. The tentative agreement with 43 states will resolve a decade-long legal fight over claims that the company's baby powder caused cancer. The CFO of J&J, Joe Wolk, confirmed the settlement in an interview with the Wall Street Journal saying it was, quote, just an important step in putting the matter behind us. J&J has twice tried to use bankruptcy courts as a way to limit its liability. The company proposed last year to pay nearly $9 billion to settle more than $52,000 personal injury lawsuits, many of which were filed by women who developed ovarian cancer after using the company's baby powder. However, that proposal was ultimately rejected by a bankruptcy court, and now many of those lawsuits are slated to go to trial later this year. Some analysts project could cost the company upwards of $15 billion, with a B. J&J maintains that its talc-based baby powder is safe and was not a cancer-causing agent, but has since discontinued sales of the product. All right, some entertainment news. Jon Stewart is coming back to The Daily Show. The comedian who, during his 16-year run as host of the Comedy Central program, established it as a really entertaining comedy and cultural force. He's going to return to host the show each week on Mondays, starting February 12th. Showtime and MTV Entertainment Studios, who own the show, announced Wednesday... John returns as the 2024 presidential election heats up. He's also going to be the executive producer on the show and is going to work with a rotating lineup of comedians who will helm the program the rest of the week, Tuesday through Thursdays. His return to the show is sure to generate some significant excitement and provide a much-needed jolt of buzz to boost this show. It has struggled to find its footing in recent years. I mean, Trevor Noah seemed to do all right with the show, like he was there for a little bit, but... It never had the same impact it did under Jon Stewart, and I think the show is is glad they got the original host back. If you remember, after exiting The Daily Show in 2015, Stewart signed a deal with Apple to host the show for the tech company's streaming service, Apple Plus. That show abruptly came to an end. It did not do well, and Stewart told staffers at the time he had grown really frustrated with the control over his show from the Silicon Valley giant and was just not feeling it getting Stuart back is a big win for Paramount Global which has been trying to breathe some life into its Paramount Plus streaming service Showtime and MTV Entertainment Studios which is responsible for much of the streamer's content library said episodes with Stuart will be available on the platform the day after they air on Comedy Central. Alright, finally is brushing your teeth the last thing you do before bed? If you have trouble falling asleep you might want to change that. Now of course don't skip it altogether but brushing a little earlier might be a good idea. If it always takes you a long time to fall asleep, your bedtime routines might have something to do with it, including when you brush. Any sort of activity right before bed can jolt you awake even a little bit and tell your body it's not quite time for sleep yet. That includes brushing your teeth, washing your face, or even just turning on a bright light in the bathroom. Sometimes you might fall asleep on the couch, but then insist to yourself, well, no, of course, I'm gonna wash my face, brush my teeth. And then you notice you kind of woke up a little bit. So try doing all that stuff 30 minutes to an hour before your normal bedtime, then you can go straight to bed and fall asleep a lot faster. Just don't dig into that midnight snack or then you're gonna have to brush again. In fact, brushing earlier could also encourage you to skip that late night snack, maybe even lose a couple pounds. All right, before we jump out of our lo-fi headlines, let's thank our friends at We Help You Legal. Get ready for a legal solution that has been a cornerstone of our community for 24 years. Christina Knoll, Chris Rush, They're the dynamic mother-son duo behind We Help You Legal. Great folks with two convenient locations, Slo and Paso, they're your go-to team for emergency same-day or next-day documents. You can save big on things like trusts, wills, power of attorneys, deeds, even divorces, and more. They offer efficient, reliable service that can help you no matter where you live. But if you are in California, they can help you with LLCs, corporations, a lot more. Need in-home or hospital appointments in Slo? No problem. Visit wehelpyulegal.com for a full range of services and 24 years of expertise in simplifying life's legal matters. Wehelpyulegal.com. And let them know you appreciate them supporting local broadcasting and being up in Adam. Up in Adam's lo fi headlines. All right, here he is back on the show. It has been so much fun to really peel the layers back of Chris Lambert of the Your Own Backyard podcast today. Going to focus a little bit more on maybe his first love his big love of music. Not just big love, but big talent. Chris, it's great to have you back. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. So some, gosh, so many great conversations from uh, this week. I encourage you to go back and listen to the first day when we were talking about the new new lawsuit alleging Cal Poly with several things including wrongful death and the Kristen Smart case just for how that was so mismanaged back in the day and you know maybe spurred by uh, the uh, comments of President of Cal Poly Jeffrey Armstrong when he told the Tribune that you know mistakes were made and things should have been done differently. Also our conversation yesterday we kind of broadened it out to a lot of different uh, crimes and different things, uh, opinions on where Chris stands on a lot of these different things including Uh, the news several months ago when Paul Flores was attacked in prison and how that made him feel and you really curate that account especially the Instagram so well because there's no you're not posting a lot of fluff like if something when I see something in that feed I go oh something's up right you know and that's kind of really intentional isn't it
1: yes yeah the your own backyard podcast Instagram I think has like 105,000 followers now who are interested in hearing about the Kristen smart case and it's very intentional like I don't post to that account count anything that doesn't have to do with that case and anything that isn't something that I've been working on for a while I never just on a whim say how's everyone doing or and part of that you know I've I just to maintain the integrity of what I've done this far I have moved back to working on my music and that has always been my primary career if you want to call it that um and so it's been important to me not to sort of sully the reputation that I built over on that Instagram account. So So
0: does that mean like when your new album comes out, I'm sure a lot of people who follow your work would love to know about it, but you're not going to be advertising that over there.
1: Right. A lot of people have messaged me and said, please let us know what you do next. You know, please let us know when your music is coming out or how we can hear it. But I thought, I think there's probably a number of people who would not feel good about seeing my new album cover and a, a release date drop over on the Your Own Backyard Instagram account. So if anybody wants to follow those sorts of things, you should follow my personal account. It's at Chris Lambert music. That's where I post about my own life and stuff like that. And also I think a lot of people who request to follow me there are hoping there's some like insider information there about the case. That's not going to happen. Like everything important about Kristen smart and the investigation into that will always be on the Your Own Backyard podcast account and not on my personal one.
0: What about when you take on, and I say when, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing it's when, not if, you take on another case and yeah. another podcast. I mean, certainly the people of the Your Own Backyard podcast and fans of that are going to want to know, right? you know, how do you we will let people know there? How are you going to do that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think anything in the same wheelhouse as that, mm-hmm. I would certainly plug over there and just let people know and then try to quickly move it elsewhere, depending on what I end up doing next, I'm, I'm in a period of um, trying to get back to my normal life. And I've spent the last year since Paul was sentenced, trying to relax and take better care of myself and work on, you know, family stuff and, and music and the stuff that I've been putting off. And so as far as another case, it's certainly something that I'm not like actively pursuing right now. But there's a few that have popped up that have really uh, got my interest. Is your sweetheart h- happy that this, for the most
0: part, is behind you?
1: Um, I think in some ways, yeah. I think um, it was a real struggle to have me living three hours north and and only coming home on the weekends. And when I did, being rushed to record an episode just so I can get back on the road. And that took a toll. And um, she handled it very well, though. And we Talked all through, you know. We talked every single day and every single break I had. But um, I think overwhelmingly, everybody
0: sighed a big sigh of relief once that wrapped up. So, what do we what do we have for new music? Well, I mean, I imagine because the last album you did was what eighteen. Yeah, it came out in 2018. So we are, you know, six years the The album has been in the making. Are we, are we with the same songs? Have you kind of scrapped some and gone back to some or redone some? How, when you, when an album takes uh, that long, how does that process go?
1: Um, I, I imagine if it had been that I was actively working on it the whole time, that things would have changed. But because I had so much else going on, I, there was a batch of songs that I worked on, I think, 2018, 2019. And by the time that... The case started to pick up momentum in 2020. It was like, I better start solidifying that album and get it get it ready. And then when Paul was arrested, that kind of put a halt on things. It was like, okay, now I need to shift back to this documentary, so let's just shelve that for a bit. During the preliminary hearing, it was... I think the worst for me personally out of all of this was just being thrust into that situation. Yeah, that was tough for you. Trying to take daily notes, you know, my hands were not prepared for and then trying to type them up every night and then get back up there. And hearing my name brought up and the way they were talking about me, that was when I started like, okay, I need some, like, respite from this I need somewhere where I can go that isn't stressful having to lawyer up and fight your own battles very rough so at that time when I was subpoenaed the first time I went home that weekend and it's like it's time to start recording my album because that's what I know and that's relaxing and it's, uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to so I recorded the bulk of it in fall of 2021 during the prelim and then i set it aside and it's like okay now that it's going to trial i'm either going to have to get this album out before the trial starts or just get it set aside and ready so that as soon as the trial's over maybe i put it out in the fall and then the trial got pushed back and then it got pushed forward and and the change of venue took place and then i realized i'm going to have to move up there and so i tried my hardest to get it done spring of 2022, and that I got it like 80% there, and it just wasn't finished, and I didn't want to rush it. So I set it aside, did all the trial stuff, and I thought as soon as the trial's over, I'm going to finish it up and get it out. And of course, that didn't happen. The energy wasn't there. You know, I I wasn't prepared to go home and just work on anything else. I needed some time to get back and relax. And then the sentencing got pushed off for five months. And so for a long time, it was like, I'm going to have to do some sort of conclusion episode. That conclusion ended up splitting into five episodes that I put out eventually. And that took all of last year. It was my whole year was interviewing people and editing those interviews and hours and hours of information, trying to condense it down into one episode that was eventually too long. And then longer than that, it turned into a, four part conclusion with a follow up interview with the smart family that I put out on the one year anniversary in October so unless someone think you weren't
0: doing music during that time because you're scoring your entire show uh, correct yeah. I mean literally like to the moments of what you're talking about like you were yeah. writing I mean so really you you were just working on other music
1: right you that it can't be done until I finish everything that I have recorded and all the narration and then I sit down at the piano like okay what am I going to play here what comes in here and then well, you just like
0: literally like hit play on the podcast like a dry version of your read, mm-hmm. and then would you just be like dun, dun, dun. like would you like literally play along to it yes and there were some portions wow. where i did that there were like other portions. A keyboard like a synthesizer or something or?
1: Uh, yeah everything i have a uh, an upright piano that i played a lot um you know acoustic guitar electric guitar yeah. everything that i have in my studio but then there were other parts in this conclusion where i actually started getting ideas you know that would pop into my head while i was driving to an interview where i'd think I have this idea for a theme for the prosecution team. like It needs to sound this way. And I have this idea for a theme for the defense and what that's going to sound like. And so I started getting ideas of... Which is how I write music,
0: typically. Is, is it? Is
1: I, I think of ideas, and then I lay them out on a piano or
0: something and try to figure out how to play them. Like, if you're driving, are you doing, like, sounds with your mouth? Like, no, 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 no. Are you doing yeah. that? Oh, yeah. or are you, like, opening your phone notes app yeah. and, like, recording? Yeah, my voice
1: memos are full on my phone. Really? Just, every, just little clip. And every once in a while, I'll open one and accidentally press play, and it's just the worst, like, do 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 Can you play one? Um jeez, let me see if I have one. Let's see if you have one. (laughs) Or one that you're comfortable with. Sure. When did I... Here's one that I... Let's
0: hold it up to your microphone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just me clunking around. Yeah, yeah, but that's... that's You're creating
0: right there. Do you know where that was
1: in it? Yeah, so this is the final moment of the last part of the conclusion when I'm talking about what comes next and the prosecution team talking about how they did everything they could and, you know, who knows what the next steps are. Wow. So I knew that I wanted that sort of vibe for that part. And so that was something that as I was editing... I you know I'd be procrastinating the actual editing work cuz I'm like I just have these musical ideas that I really want to make sure come out the way that I'm imagining them B- because the scoring in the moment a lot of times I'm rushed and I'm just like I just need a vibe here right it's not so much about the melody or what this that this song needs to stand alone it just needs to score the vibe of this moment the attitude or the emotions and so a lot of times that can just be a drone with just a little piano on the top or a little acoustic guitar doing a thing, and it doesn't need to be all that involved. But then there's other moments in the podcast where it's like, this needs to be big. This needs to be a big moment, and especially in the early parts of the series I had time to sit down and work those out what is what does Kristen's theme sound like so when we're talking about Kristen as a person this melody comes back over and over again When we talk about the smart family there's a melody that comes back when wow, we talk about Hawaii really? there's a ukulele that comes in right and a lap steel wow. guitar and did you
0: ever th- score before that
1: um you know informally I had and I also scored a short film that premiered at some film festivals and stuff and people had asked me to score things before um but this was the first time that I was creating the thing and then also scoring it and wow. the time to do it was just like I want to I want to do a good job of this so i eventually both of those uh, soundtrack albums are on my bandcamp pages mm-hmm. chrislambert.bandcamp.com i put out the original You know, run of the series and then the People versus Flores trial part of the series. I love that. We
0: played that last time you were in. Yeah. They each have
1: their own independent soundtracks that I made, and I put those up because it's like, these are things I worked really hard on. This is the music that I worked on for this year. It's just not my album, but it is. It's so funny because people,
0: when they make a a podcast or when they make some sort of production, they might just have, you know, a licensing company that you get, you know, music beds on or, you know, but I mean, here you are literally taking the content of what you've already created and then scoring that—I mean, like yeah. literally—who does that? I mean, nobody does that. It's right. incredible.
1: Yeah, I, I. Personally, when I listen to a podcast, I can always tell when they're using royalty free music that they typed in, you know, somber piano yeah. or whatever they typed yeah. in. Um, it was important to me as a musician, first and foremost, that I want to score this the way that I feel it is. And I, I think I talked on your show before about how that part of the process actually took a long time because I was searching for what's the right emotion here. And it's not like a dark horror theme, it's more of like a, a sadness and a longing mm-hmm. and an absence, like trying to figure out how do you underscore the emotion of absence of somebody missing. And when I figured out certain chords that worked for that or a certain melody, it was like, oh, there it is. That's that's what I was looking for here. That's what I'm trying to convey to the audience. And I think it's probably subconscious for a lot of the people listening that don't even realize what the music is doing underneath is a big reason why they feel the way they do. Yeah. A lot of people talked about the moment where I, I talked about the watch beeping in the backyard, right? right. And a lot of people had grabbed onto that moment. Like, I got chills. Well, a big reason why you got chills, you know, aside from just the information being shocking is that I brought back a theme from earlier that I've been using that suddenly drops in there. And, yeah. and there's some droning going on and building tension. And, and yeah, there was a big part of it is making sure that moments like that stick because they're important to me. So I want you to know that they're important. I want to underscore them with why they're important. And especially in this conclusion where I interviewed the prosecution team who couldn't talk for a few years during the preliminary and the trial, they were finally able to sit down and talk. And a lot of those moments were, you know, them talking about driving around the midwest and and knocking on people's doors and interviewing and i was starting to hear this little soundtrack in my head like what did that sound like and so i wrote a theme for the prosecution team and then when they're at trial i brought back that same melody but in a much heavier way wow. because it's like the, these are those same guys remember the guys from the road remember how they listened to a lot of morgan wallen on the road and yeah. they yeah, you're right. they ate at a lot of different seafood restaurants even though one of them's allergic to shrimp right well now those same guys are here in the courtroom bringing justice and that's Important that you connect those two things, right? With. So, it, music was a major part of it
0: for me. Yeah, it was so deliberate, it's so thoughtful, it's so cool. I love asking these questions. So, your music, the, the other Chris Lambert stuff, the, the album that's going to come out, how much has it been inspired by all of what your life has been the last since 19?
1: Quite a bit, um, and, and not in a way that was direct and intentional, but a lot of times. As a songwriter, I've realized, because I've been doing this since I was 13 or 14 years old, I've been writing music and putting out albums. And so I've learned over the years, a lot of what I'm saying at the time is sort of subconscious that I'm not even really realizing until I listen back a few years later and go, well, clearly that was, you know, when I'm saying this, I was talking about that this was going on in my life at the time. And so it's something that as I've reached the, the final stages of completing this album, I look back and go, wow, I didn't realize I was writing about that day, but I am, you know, that made it into the song somehow. So it's not it, it's not me singing about going to crime scenes or being an investigator, but it is me, a, a lot of the impact that it had on my life made it into the lyrics. When does this album come out? I don't know. So I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to get it done. It's It's been like 90% done for a full year now. And I keep telling people that it's
0: almost done. It's so close to is being it cause, done. Is it because you're a little scared to put it out? Is it is it because you're a perfectionist and it's not perfect yet? Are you kind of putting it off for some subconscious reasons it's you don't know? Probably a little bit of all those. Yeah.
1: I don't know that I'm afraid because I... I know that when I put this out, that inevitably it will not be as well received as your own backyard was. I don't think anything I do will ever be as well received as your own backyard was. And so I know. Is that going to bother you? No, no, because I'm prepared for that. Because I know that the majority of people who listen to that podcast probably don't even care about the music that I write and make. It's just not. Something they're interested in, so I know I'm playing my music to a much, much smaller audience than your own backyard is for, and that's fine with me. So I'm prepared for that part. I think it's just you know wanting to make sure I do it right. That it's it's been a long time, and I've been you know it's a follow-up to the last album that I put out, and I want to make sure I do justice to that. That it it plays back to back with that album in a way that feels complete and feels like it makes sense, and just making sure that when I do put it out, that you know anybody who came on from your own backyard and it's like let's me check out what he's done won't listen and go
0: this is boring you know? you know it's so funny you say that because i remember right after my whole uh, thing in mid-october where i got uh, laid off and it was like i talked to another broadcaster from san francisco who the same thing happened to him and he started uh, his own thing um and then on youtube and he's like now killing it and he told me i like, got we just happened to know each other through a mutual friend and he just gave me this great encouraging talk and he's like, listen, Don't wait for perfect you got to get out there I don't care if 20 if there's 20 people that liked your show and start listening to your new thing whatever 20 then you, you, you got it made you're going to build off it you know what I mean right. so so not waiting for perfect was such a good I don't know I felt I really needed to hear that then because there is that moment where like God what do I do what's going on and of course then it's still foggy of like what just happened and yeah. you know trying to piece together what is next and um, yeah I'm glad I didn't wait for perfect Yeah. you know so right. there, there is something to that but you know what one thing that you were talking about a second ago and I think you're going to have you're going to have this better than most people would and that is if you listen to a true crime podcast that you might be really into and you find out the host who you really like also does music you might go okay all right but you the way like you just explained how you did the music for the podcast and people really like you, like they really like the man you are and, and your your heart for this. And I feel those are the kind of things why you like a musician. So I feel like there's going to be people who really want to give you an honest listen just because it's another deeper understanding of you, who they like. Yeah. So if you already follow your own backyard podcast, you got to go follow Chris Lambert music. Right. And then um, you're starting a Substack. Can we talk about that? Sure. Okay. So this is interesting because, in fact, let's we're gonna we're gonna save this for tomorrow because this is a great story, and I love how we're talking off the air about. And you're so mindful of these things that anything you do after your own backyard is going to be compared, juxtaposed to your own backyard. So we're gonna talk about why you're choosing Substack, which I think is a great idea, and more. We continue with Chris Lambert.
1: Yes, sir. Something- Start
0: again. You know what I'm thinking? These interviews have been so good, little chunks. like don't 15-so minutes, right? But maybe on Saturday, we put them all together and just have one Chris Lambert interview, you know? I think it'd be so good to listen to all these conversations just front to back, but I love how he's been coming back and we've been able to do this every single day. It really means a lot. Thank you to Chris. Of course, Chris Lambert Music, if you want to follow him on either the Bandcamp page or on Instagram to get the latest unrelated to the Kristen Smart case. Because like he said, he really keeps that separate. And I love how he was so honest about never wanting to appear like he's using that crowd and that cloud that he has earned for just promoting his music or anything else. Doesn't wanna stain that or exploit that in any way. And honestly, I wouldn't even fault him for it. He's just a good guy with a good heart. Smart dude and really good at conversation. Love having him on. All right, let's show some love to Tin City Distillery. Located in one of the hottest tasting locations, Tin City. Tin City Distillery is open for tastings of their spirits. They're also a cocktail bar. Seven days a week, you can go get a drink. You can tour the distillery on the weekend. Their spirits. Highest class, highest caliber, they're brandy. It's made from like the best vineyards in Paso. They're canned cocktails, they're elevated, refreshing. They're available in four packs at your grocery store. And I want you to hit up tincitydistillery.com for more and follow them on Instagram at tincitydistillery. All right, what a day. Tomorrow, Friday, feeling good. Headed up to San Francisco for Zin-X. maybe one of the biggest Zinfandel tastings in the country. formerly known as Zap Zinfandel advocates and producers hoping to get some fun interviews. I mean, look, Zinfandel is I know it's one of these grapes that kind of, you know, it falls into favor and it falls out of favor. It's very cyclical in our love and where its vibe is, you know, currently. But I like keeping my finger on the pulse of Zinfandel and love seeing where, you know, folks like uh, Epic Estate Wines, or J. Ducey, Peachy Canyon, who's been doing it forever, and where Zinfandel and how it evolves. You know, it's our heritage varietal here in uh, on the Central Coast in California. So excited to make my way to San Francisco this weekend for Zin-X. And we'll get some new content for our new wine show, The Poor. Looking forward to that. I want to thank you for making the show your first podcast of the day. If you do, thank you so much. Also, if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, share it tell a friend about it, it means so, so much. Speaking of wine content, I told you we published a brand new episode of my podcast with Paso Wine called Where Wine Takes You. We have some big players, some national names, Elaine Chukan Brown, Master Somalia Chuck Faruja, wine writer Matt Ketman, all around one table. It's available wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can listen to that one as well. And of course, PasoWine.com, Where Wine Takes You, brand new episode out. All right, you have killed it this week. I am proud of you. We're almost there, almost to the end of the week. My name is Adam Montiel, and I appreciate you for being up and Adam. Some say where it begins. Straight to the stars is where it is.
1: Only to start again.
0: Let's start again. We'll start again.
1: Start again